The Word says we're called to make disciples. We're growing in the Word of God. Jesus Christ was sent to be our Saviour. This is the Bromley Town Church Podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message, blessing you as you live out God's Word. Stream or download other sermon podcasts via the Bromley Town Church website or by using the SoundCloud app. Head over to BromleyTownChurch.com. God is in the house and he wants, to, he wants to minister to people. So I just want to speak just for a few minutes. I'm not talking about my sermon. We'll get to that in a minute or two. I want to speak into your lives. I want you to open yourselves up to God. Because what happens when we worship, we're trying to open ourselves up to God. I say trying because there is resistance against these things. There is an enemy who wants to stop you connecting with the living God. It's not dramatic, it's the truth. We know about bad things that happen in the world. Bad things happen because Satan is causing bad things to happen. He stirs our hearts, he stirs our minds. You know for yourself, there are times when you go to do things and you're doing things that you don't really want to do. You're doing things that you know are not right. You're going the wrong way. That's not the work of God because God is good all of the time. It's the work of the evil one who comes. And his purpose is to prevent the purposes of God happening. So when we come together to worship, you know what God's aim is? He would pour out his abundant presence upon every life. But sometimes in our lives there's resistances, there's things that rise up. Oh, what was I doing? Oh, what's going on in my bank account? I must remember that when I get home. It's called distraction. Distraction and confusion. I don't understand what God's like. Why was he good to me last week and this week's been a hard week? Those things come to us. They're not from God. They're from the enemy who tries to distract you and confuse you to take you away from the purposes of God. But the word of God, which we've been talking about this morning, stands firm. His word will abide forever. He is elevated above all things, his name and his word. That's why when we're talking about the Bible, the scriptures, we're not just talking about that book, but it's the word in that book you can hold on to. It's steadfast. God tells the truth. He tells the truth. We don't always like receiving the truth. Don't do this. If you do that, you're going to find yourself in problems. We don't always like receiving the truth, but at least God tells us the truth. And therefore, we can hold on to the truth. So when he says, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you, he's not lying, he's telling you the truth. Your emotions sometimes don't roll in with that. Your emotions sometimes are way over there. Because you're worried about yourself. You're thinking about how am I going to cope. You're worrying about your circumstances. But God is saying, listen, I will never leave you. Who is this God? Creator of heaven and earth. Who is this God? The uncreated one. We've got to understand who he is. He is the uncreated one. The one who always has been. The one who is watching over all things. He is the one that when you go and you see a mountain view or you see green fields and valleys and you go, wow, he is the one who has created all of those things. And not only has he created them, he sustains everything from moment to moment. He is the one who has put the stars into space. If you're reading in Genesis, it's telling you about the creation of the world and there's just this lovely phrase, he also popped up the stars. 
And yet if you go to astronomy and you find out about the stars, you start to understand that they are light years away. You can't use a ruler, you can't use a mile measurement or a kilometer measurement. You're using light years because things are so big, so vast, so great. So is our God who has created all things. Underneath, it says in the word of God, are his everlasting arms because he cares for you. It has been declared over you, you have been made in the image of God. He has created you for his purpose, for his divine purposes. But the enemy wants to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He wants to bring you down. He wants to take you into a place where you feel you are nothing. And the things that you have done hold you back from walking with what a holy God, a God who has never sinned, a God who in, in whom there is no injustice, there is no uh, shadow of turning, there's no deception in him. When we feel that we've done wrong, we find it so difficult to get to him. But our God has stepped into that place and he sent his son to pay the price for our sin so that we may have relationship with him. Listen, this morning afresh, God is calling us to his presence. He's calling us to his presence. He's asking you to forget about your problems. He's asking you to focus upon his greatness. He's asking you to remember that he is the God that brought Israel out of captivity when they were in slavery in Egypt, when they were suffering, when the slave drivers were saying, you've got to get the straw for your bricks. You've got to make your bricks. And they was being uh, under real oppression. God is the one who said, listen, this is not a problem for me. I can deliver this nation out of this nation and I can take them into a land of their own. And he did it because he is able. And even when they were faced with the sea and they thought, how on earth can we get through this? Moses is in, whoa, what are we going to do here? God makes a way where there seems to be no way and he opens up the pathway that we may walk through. Listen, what problems are you facing? What challenges are you walking through? What things are bringing you down? It's time to praise the ever-living God. Hosanna in the highest. He is worthy of praise. He is worthy of adoration. It's time to lift up our eyes from the things of this world, from the ordinary things of this world, from the things that clutter, the things that are coming up tomorrow, those business appointments, those meetings, those things we're afraid of, those concerns that we have. It's time to lift up our eyes unto the hills. Where does my strength come from? My strength comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. I am able to put my confidence in him and trust in him because he is able to deliver me from every circumstance from every trial. Yes, God does take us and allow us to go through trials because he wants to test our faith and to strengthen our faith, but we will keep our eyes on our Lord because he is the one who will deliver us. Can we hear say amen? amen. Can we say amen? Because God is good. Let's say hallelujah. You know what hallelujah means? It means praise the almighty one. Praise Yahweh. That's what we're saying. When we say hallelujah, we're saying yes, Lord, we want to praise you. Yes, Lord, we want to honor you. Yes, Lord, we want to exalt you. Yes, Lord, we want to lift your name up. Yes, Lord, we want to bless you. Because you have been good. Because you are good to us. Because you help us. When we were down, you picked us up. When we are going through trials, you watch over us. You are our protection. You are our provision. You are our guide. You are our salvation. You are our help. You are our healer. You are our guide. You are the one, oh God, in whom there is all goodness. You are the one who watches over his people. Father, we worship you. 
We magnify and exalt you. We praise and bless who you are. We honor you, our God. We declare that you who are from everlasting to everlasting, you will never let us go. You will never let us down because you are for us, not against us. We thank you that we can put our trust in you. We thank you that we can put our confidence in you. We thank you that we can hold on to you. When when the enemy comes in like a flood, you raise up a standard against him. You, oh God, are our help and strength. You have been in times past and you will continue to be as we move into the future. You, oh Lord, are our strength and shield. We trust in you, Lord. We trust in you. We trust in you. We trust in you. We put our trust in you. Jesus, 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 your love has melted my heart. Jesus, 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 your love has melted my heart. Probably a bit high, but nevertheless... It's the truth of our hearts. Listen, let your heart be warmed by the presence of God. Let your heart be softened by God. He loves you and he cares for you. He wants to delight over you afresh today. You might be walking in the things that Victoria was talking about, in depression. You might be struggling with things in your life. Because it seems overwhelming. Listen, God is for you. He's not against you. He's for you. You may be facing all sorts of trials and difficulties, but he is the lifter of your head and the lover of your soul. You know, there's so many things that we don't talk about because we keep it secret, because we're afraid of what other people might think. I have found this. The more that I live honestly before other people, the more I am drawn into deeper relationship with him. Because you know what? There's no sin that isn't common to man. No sin that's not common to man. But there's no grace that can't be given to man as well. So though we were sinners, in Christ Jesus we can find salvation. He is the one who lifts us out of darkness, puts our feet upon a rock, and strengthens us day by day. He really loves us and cares for us. So I just want you to, to receive this. I know we're using up time, but it's good for us. Because why should the enemy have authority over our lives? We come into this place because we want to meet with the living God. What Yomi was saying at the beginning, we come here to be strengthened and to be refreshed so that we can go out to be the light of the world. You know, we are talking, and, and I'll come into this. Uh, Dan, you can sit down now, praise the Lord. And by the way, I'll I'll tell you about the Jesus song later. So so you can get me in the right key. Hallelujah. (laughs) It always helps with that. Sometimes we pull a fast one on our worship team. They've got me. We're talking about the church from all angles, right? The church is the family of God. Coming into this place, last week we were talking about community. 
You know what the church? The church is the greatest community on earth. The greatest community. What about other communities? There's gatherings of other people. There's football crowds. They gather all people from different types and areas, don't they? Yes, they do. Football matches, sporting events, all that sort of thing. But in the church, you have male and female. You have rich and poor. You have educated and uneducated. You have black and white. You have people from all sorts of different backgrounds. You have the thin and the not so thin. You have the beautiful and the ordinary. Listen, come on. Come on, some of us struggle because of our size and what other people think and we don't even like ourselves because of it. And we're finding difficulties with it because we find it difficult to stop eating things. Let's just be truthful here. But here is a community of all those people. Some of them are loved. Look at that person, they're always dressed nicely. Look at me, I can't seem to get it together. And it causes us to feel that we're less than something. In this house, you are a child of the living God. Amen. And we're a community that belong together. And we have one thing that holds us together, that Jesus has saved us from our sins. He's saved us. He's rescued us. That's what it is. He's rescued us from the dominion of darkness. That's a place of utter captivity and distance from God. He's taken us out of that place and brought us into the kingdom of his son. Listen, I'm going to speak right into hearts here this morning because there is a problem in this house with some of you. You do not realize you need salvation and it can only be found in God. You keep just living an ordinary life. I'll carry on living. I'll carry on doing the things. I'll try to be a good person. You cannot be good because you were born into sin. And you cannot get away from that corruption until you trust in the living God. He alone can save. Oh, but I can do it myself. Don't you find so often we, we raise up ourselves, our strength. I can do it. You often hear a testimony of people who say, when I got to the end of myself, then I found that I needed the Lord. What do they say about addicts, drug addicts? Until they want to get off the drug, they're never going to get off it because they're just serving themselves and going through that. Until they realize, I can't escape this. I need a bigger hand to help me. Then they can find deliverance. We always look at the drug addicts, but we don't realize that we are addicted to things in our own lives. Whether it be something silly like a television program or a particular food, or a particular pattern and a way of going about life, or sex, or something like that. We get addicted to those things, and we think that we can control them, but no, 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 no. You see, they control us. The flesh controls us, but we need salvation. Salvation is found in no other name apart from Jesus Christ. Listen, if you're not trusting in Jesus, you do not know forgiveness of your sins. We've seen this in some of the revivals. If you were to look back at some of the revivals, these are times when God has moved supernaturally upon communities. And in the Hebridean community, God came. God suddenly showed up. There was a church meeting with a few people because it's in a barren area. People live miles away. But after they had this short service, they were hoping and praying that God would come. When they'd finished the short service, and the church was full, so 150, 200 people in the church, when they went outside the church, there were hundreds of people gathered because God had drawn them with his presence. 
And during the time of that revival, people were earnestly seeking God, but not finding him. They were saying like, gosh, you, you seem to have found God. Why can't I find him? Why can't he save me? But when they got to a point of realizing, I need him above everything else, they found that God would break through into their lives. And then it would see that they're not just attending, they're not just seeking for him, they know that he has come to them. Because God wants to come to every one of us. And you might be sitting here this morning and thinking like, for ages I've been going to this place called church because I'm looking for the reality that other people seem to have. Let me tell you, he is after you. He being God. God is after you, but you've got to seek him. If you seek him with all of your heart, you will find him. Because the word of God says, I will be found by you. And God cannot lie. His word is true. So what about you? Do you feel like you belong? What is the church? The church we talked about was, and our definition, and it will probably come up on the screen now that I can talk some sense, a definition that we were looking at was the church is the community of true believers for all time. A community. We understand a community. It's a gathering of people. But what is this gathering of people? The church is the gathering of those who have trusted in Jesus for the forgiveness of their sins. Those that are trusting in him, that are believing in him for salvation. So you could be coming to the church, coming to this place, coming among the church, which is the people of God, and yet not really having that true faith in him. Listen, today is a day of salvation. You may be even going through your mind, well, I don't understand it all. God never asked you to understand it all. He asked you to trust him for who he is. Faith doesn't go down easy with us. We like facts and figures and things that we can hold on to. Is this real? Yes, okay. If it's real, I can touch it, then that's okay. That's our world, the world that we live in, asks us to do all those things. But when it comes to faith, <laughs> you've almost got to put that aside. Faith is believing in what you can't see. So that blows it up straight away. I can't see God, but he's real. He's real. Have you ever tried stopping day or night from happening? Have you? You can't. You can't. Why? Because we're not in control of it. Mankind is not in control of it. Governments are not in control of it. Russia's not in control of it. God is in control of it. He's in control. And you see, that's it. Mankind keeps resisting him. I don't want that. I want to do what I want to do. That's not godly. Surrender is saying, okay, God, I don't understand everything. But I'm coming to you and I'm asking you, please help me. I don't know what position you are in here today, but maybe your cry is just, Lord, I give you my heart. I give you myself. I don't understand all of your ways, but I need you. You are the one who has done amazing things. The children of Israel walked through the wilderness for 40 years. You know what it says in the word? God helped them. Yeah, he did. He helped them. He fed them day by day. But he kept their shoes from wearing out and their clothes from wearing out. Now, I know some of us, and it's not just the ladies, this is once this gets over a year old, I'm looking for another one. It's the Primark type of culture. But God, he's into long term. He likes to make clothes that last, shoes that last, 
Or rather, he can help your shoes to last. He provides. He helps us. Here in this community, this is the community that is the greatest community in my view of all the earth. And God's plan was to work through a community of people. You know that God created Adam and Eve and he, gave them, he created them in his image and his likeness and he told them to go and rule over the earth. There was an authority given by God to Adam and Eve to rule over the earth, to subdue it, to look after the animals, to look after the whole of the earth and the atmosphere of the earth and everything about it, to rule over it. But they sinned. And in their sin, they gave that authority to Satan. So what we find is that Satan is ruling over the earth. So the things that are happening are often happening in a bad way. Now you might say, well, is that true? But it is true, because in John 1, 5 verse 19, John says this, we know that we are children of God, talking about the children he's writing to, and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. Now, is that what God had originally planned? No, it's not. Not at all. God's plan was that Adam and Eve and all mankind would rule over under God's ways with his authority. But now man has corrupted and he's now allowing the enemy in to rule mankind and to control the things of the earth. That's not what God wanted, which is why God acted. And we see in the whole story of the Bible, we come to that place where God sent his son to deal with the issue of man's sin. He sent his son to redeem mankind. That is to buy them back, to take them out of their captivity to Satan and to bring them into freedom. That is what God has done. And God has gathered those people who have given themselves to him, who have received salvation, who have escaped now the corruption of Satan. And I know we could have a whole sermon on the fact of, well, I'm trying to walk God's way, but I also feel the temptations. But we're not going to do that today. What the Bible says is he forgave us our sin and he has brought us into the kingdom of his son, Jesus Christ. And those who have come into that kingdom, those who are members, those who are believers, true believers, they form a community and that community is called the church. The people of God. The saved ones, if you like. Those that have come out of darkness. In the East African revival, they called those people the balokali, the saved ones. That's what they called them. They were just known as that nickname. But they, as they came together, they were the church. And it is through the church that God is going to make known the manifold wisdom, or the manifold wisdom of God will be made known to the rulers, authorities, and the heavenly realms. That's Ephesians, uh, Ephesians 3 verse 10. So God is going to work through this community of people to do what? To show himself to show himself to the world. So why do we come together on a Sunday morning? Is it just to sing a song and to hear a message? You do, we do those things because we praise God. Because as we praise him, it draws his presence, which strengthens us. And as we listen to a message, hopefully we are educated and encouraged and strengthened that we may go out and do more things for God. But when we leave this place, we are impo as important as when we gather in this place. Because we go out as the church. Oh, well, I just go out by myself. Yeah, but you, if you are a saved one, if you are a believer, you are part of the community when we come together. But when you leave this place, you are also the church. So when you go to your office, the church of God goes there. The kingdom of God goes there. 
The rule of God goes there. And what is the purpose of the church? To show forth the manifold wisdom of God to every power, to every principality, to every name that can be named. To show people that He is alive, that He is real, that He is here to help us, that He is here to change things, that He is here to bring justice and healing to the people around us. Oh, but I thought church was just here. I thought church was in the building. No, you are the church. You are the church. So we are released to go and to take Jesus wherever we go. And it's not always that you're preaching the gospel. You are the gospel. Because you are salvation. You are joy. People can look at, what's the matter with you? Why are you so happy? And you think, well, why, why am I so happy? I know, I'm, I don't know, it's because I had for breakfast. Was it because I'm looking forward to something at lunchtime? It's because Jesus lives in me. It's because I rejoice because he's inside. You can't always put it into words. Sometimes it's difficult to put it into words. Sometimes it sounds silly. Well, it's because of Jesus. That sounds a bit silly to some people, but it's the truth. Why? Because he's forgiven my sins. He's brought peace into my life. He's transforming my family. He's doing work in me and through me. It is because of him that I am like this. And we are the church. We are the church. That is who you are. I know we don't always feel like it. Last week we looked at this phrase about what this community means, and in Hebrew and in Greek, and it has this idea of being called out. Called out, called out to gather together. Called out of sin to gather together as the people of God. Called out of darkness that we may be the people of God together. That's not what it's like. That's what it's trying to describe. So we calling ourselves the church, we are the called out ones who are gathering together. And we are here to display the manifold wisdom of God. Is that how you feel? Well, I suppose if I'm being told it, it's probably what you're thinking. But we don't always feel like that. Do I feel like I'm a called out one? What is a called out one? I haven't thought. I'm just trying to live ordinary life. That's what you might be living but you have been called out of darkness. You have been chosen by God. You have been appointed for him. You do have a purpose in your life. You are not working where you are for accident, by accident. You're not living where you're living by accident. All these things are covered by the plans of God, who is working out his plans in conformity with his purpose and will. And so we may not always feel it, it's what God has done. We are chosen, we are called. And we are the community of believers which God calls the church. We've got a few points which we can go through. We've been talking about this community a lot, and I've been talking about how the fact is that we, that's the people who are the church, not the building. It's difficult because we, we come together to do the things of worship in a place. And that hasn't changed. It hasn't changed from Jesus' time to now. Jesus went to the temple. And in the temple, they would talk together, they would sing together, they would do all sorts of the rituals and things together. That's a place of their gathering. He says in, uh, on the day of Pentecost, they were all together in one place. There's actually, oh, they were in a place. They were, they were together. They were in the upper room before that. Praying. They were in a place together. But that building where they were wasn't the church they are the church in a building. And it's difficult because I talk about here as being the church building or the church. I'll meet you at the church. And we do that. But so we, 
We understand, and yet we don't understand. What we need to do is to get this deeper inside of us. I am the church. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you're following him and you're seeking to bring his kingdom in, in the way you live, you are the church. This is why it talks about us being living stones. Living stones. Peter says this, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We're living stones. That's physical bricks and mortar. We, if you like, are spiritual bricks and mortar. That's what we are. So we still come to a building to do the work of the church, to have a place where we can pray, to have a place where we can worship together, to have a place where we can receive teaching, to have a place where we can receive people and be hospitable. Yes, and we bless God for the building. But it is a building. We are the church. And the church building can disappear. And Clive will tell us about that tonight. That can disappear. But does it mean the church goes... It's impossible because we are the church. So wherever I am, I am the church of God. Wherever you are, you are the church of God. The church is living and active. It cannot be destroyed. And it is through the church that God's glory is going to be seen. That he's going to overcome the powers and the principalities. He's going to destroy them through us. Why? And how? By the way that we treat others. By the things that we say by the way that we love others, by the way that we forgive others, because all of these are evidences of who God is. And he wants to bring those things through us to the people around us. I'm sure many of you, in your, you, know, you don't feel like the greatest evangelists. I want you to. And I'd like to be a great evangelist. But sometimes I get afraid and I get tongue-tied and all that sort of stuff. But I'm sure many of you in your places of work or with people you've met, people will say to you, what is it about you? Maybe or some of you are thinking, like, no, that's never been said to me. Well, okay, in the name of Jesus this week, please, because it helps my sermon illustrations. <laughs> but many of you have experienced that. People have said that. Yeah, what is it about you? It's because God is inside you, you see, and it, and it affects the people around you. Because you, we don't stop and think, the people out there, they don't know the peace that we know. They don't know the peace because the peace that we know passes understanding. It's beyond what they can experience. We can experience peace that you cannot find at the bottom of a wine bottle. We can find hope that cannot be found just by having a beer. We can find things in God because he has given us everything that we need for life and godliness. And we have this in ourselves. So when we go to our places of work and people are interacting with us, they are encountering the living God. In the Old Testament, the picture of this is like the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant represented where God met with Moses. And it was supposed to be kept in the holy of holy places in this tent. But the Israelites so liked it, when they got into battles, they wheeled it out. Come on, let's bring God out. He'll help us. And there's a great story where they actually take God out and the enemy catches God. Help! But guess what? God can look after himself. And an enemy sends him back. That's what we're like. We're like the Ark of the Covenant that is going out. And you know what? People are affected by the presence of God. And yes, some of you are even thinking, well, even me, 
Yes, even you. Because you're not an even, you're a child of the living God. You see? That's it. We, we get caught with this thinking. Because it, we categorize ourselves against others. But we shouldn't. We should be categorizing ourselves before God, who says, you are my child. You belong to my family. That's what he says. So when he says it, that's it. We belong to him. And that's what we should be saying. We are the people of God. The church is the people. It is not the bricks and mortar. We do bless God. And sincerely, I'm talking about tonight when we'll be talking about the redevelopment things and the things we're hearing. We bless God because he is going to help us. But he's going to help us not because of bricks and mortar, because we're the church. And Bromley Town Centre needs more vibrant churches. It needs more vibrant churches. We're one of those. We're not the only one. We are one of those. You know what the church... i have better get sorted in this. The church is people, not a building. There we are. Point number whatever. The church is visible and yet invisible. The church is visible and yet invisible. I've been talking a little bit about how the church is visible from the point of view that you go to work and although you're not saying, you know, Bromley Town Church on your T-shirt, but you are representing the church. And so there's something about you that makes the church visible. But what this is really talking about as well is that there's, the church is the gathering, but even here there can be people who are not yet believers and people who are true believers. And so there's a sense in which there's, God is working in this midst. He's gathering people, but not all of those have actually joined the church because they're not yet true believers, but they're seeking, they're learning. Sometimes there's, there's renegades amongst us. Sometimes people come in and they want to destroy the church um, and God weeds them out. But as far as the real church is concerned, the church is vi- invisible from the point of view that we can't see every heart. But God can see every heart. It's not for me to judge. Hey, you, you're, you're in, you're out. God looks at the heart and he knows those who are his. Now, he gives witness to our spirit that we belong to him. So if there's a sense in your spirit right now, you're thinking like, am I, do I, what I, what? I want to be. Listen, you can become a solid believer in Jesus who rescues you from your sin and makes you part of his family. So no one needs to be left out, no one needs to be overlooked. But there is an invisible church, and the invisible church, if you like, are those who are true believers. Those are the ones that God can see that their hearts are for him and that their names are written in that book of his, the Lamb's Book of Life. If your name is not written in that book, then we can't get to heaven. But when we come to him and we give ourselves to him, he receives us and he looks at our hearts and knows those who are truly his. Paul puts it like this, the Lord knows those who are his. He knows those who are his because he sees our hearts. We want to make sure that our names are written in that book. True believers, they are the ones who believe. And if you like, that belief is not just what I believe, but that belief is being worked out little by little, more and more. It's being displayed. So we'd expect true believers to be wanting to serve in the the church in some way or other. Help out. Why? Because we're seeking to see the work of the body of Christ go forth. Because it's not just about believing and listening to a message. It's about being. I am the church. 
I am the church. And that's what we should all say. The church is visible yet invisible. The church is local and universal. We're Bromley Town Church. Right now you're, you're in this building that is called Bromley Town Church. And, and we think this is a great church. I think this is the greatest church. This is the church. Bromley Town Church is it. But the truth is, we are a gathering of the community of God's people who are called Bromley Town Church, and we gather in this building. The truth is, we are not the only gathering of God's people in Bromley itself. There's the Salvation Army just across the road. There's Cornerstone Church just across in the mouth. There's Bromley Christian Centre just at the bottom of the high street. Now, who are they? They're not Bromley Town Church. Yeah, but they are a gathering of the community of God's people. They're believing in God for their salvation. They're walking in God. They are the church. So you suddenly realize we're not the only church. We are a community that's called Bromley Town Church, just as in the Salvation Army are a community called the Salvation Army of Bromley. But together, we make the church. You see, so the church is local, small, compact, that group of people, but the church is also universal. From the point of view, there are other gatherings in other nations right around the world who are brothers and sisters in Christ, and we are connected with them because when they come out of their own buildings or meeting places, they are still the church of God, and that is the church universal, and we belong to that. So the good news is, you're not just part of Bromley Town Church. You are part of the universal church of Jesus Christ that is global. We're part of that. We're part of a global enterprise, not just a small little place. And that encourages me and excites me, but it also makes us realize we mustn't just think of us. We must think of the world and the churches in the world. And this is why when we hear of brothers and sisters around the world who are suffering, persecuted, that's part of our body. That's part of us that are being persecuted. And we want to stand with them and encourage them and uh, talk to them. (coughs) Hallelujah. So the church is people, not a building. The church is both visible and invisible. The church is both local and universal. And I would like to get onto this, but we're going to stop here. I want to talk now about how do we get into the church? And I'm not talking about whether we come through the double doors or whether we've got stained glass windows in the, in the building. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about how can we become part of this community of believers? How can we become part of this? How can we join this community? And that's what I wanted to look at, but we are not going to get there today. So guys, do you want to come back up here? Let's just go back into, into worship. Let's just encourage ourselves in some of the things that we've heard. Let's remember about the fact that God has called us and chosen us and is for us. He's not against us. Yeah, do stand up. Do stand up. That he is the lifter of our head. He's the lover of our soul. He's our strength. He's our shield. He's the captain of our lives. He's the one who has the right to direct our lives. He's the one that we're looking at to lead us and to guide us all the way. He is the one who watches over us. He is the one that has called us out of darkness and brought us together 
as the people of God in this place for his purposes. Bromley Town Church has purpose in him. He sees us as this community who belong to him, who have a purpose and a role to play in this part of Bromley and in the life of Bromley. So we have a part to play as a community and we have parts to play as individuals. That's who we are. And everywhere where you're going, think of the things you've got in your diary for this week. God is taking you to places as the church. He's taking you there as his representative. He's taking you there so you can do business. He's taking you there so you can be light in those places. Is that school? Is that university? Is that the workplace? Is that the shop? School gates. Wherever he's taking you, he's taking you there to be the light of the world which he's called you to be and made you to be. So that there you can do the work of the kingdom, the work of God's kingdom, and you can bring his kingdom down here upon the earth. Father, we're asking you, Lord, to help us. We're asking you, Lord, to strengthen us. We're asking you, Lord, to remove clutter from our minds. We're asking you, Lord, to empower us with the strength, Lord, so that we may truly understand we are your church, we have been called by you, and Lord, you are watching over us, leading us, and helping us each step of the way. Father, we choose to surrender to you. We choose to ask you, Lord, to help us, to lead us in your ways, and to help us, Lord, through our lives to glorify your name so that your kingdom can come and that your will may be done. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.